1: It's Wayne's World with Wayne Goldsmith I wasn't sure if Sam was listening I'm never entirely sure if he's ready Oh, that was uh, extremely messy But uh, it's a nice way to welcome in our regular Wednesday morning guest WGCoaching.com is his website He's, uh, He's coming to New Zealand at the back end of July We've got details of his Wellington event for you soon It's Wayne Goldsmith, of course Good morning, sir
0: well, I don't know about that, I feel like I'm over there somewhere, it's uh, pouring raining, freezing cold and a bit dark, so maybe it's uh, all part of my acclimatisation and preparation <laughs> for Wellington in July.
1: Well, I can tell you, Mr Goldsmith, that Wellington today is having one of those days that, uh, that it does turn on occasionally, it's a cracker, hardly any wind, beautiful blue skies, in fact, I feel like I'm on the Gold Coast.
0: Well, it was funny, I was in Aberdeen the other week, in the uh, north of Scotland, as you know, and... Uh, it was about 14 degrees, and they said, hey, you've brought the good weather with you. And I, I just said, it's good weather. I couldn't believe it. And, uh, but, yeah, they were walking around very happy with themselves. that The sun was shining, and it was 14. And they said, oh, you've brought the good weather with you from the Gold Coast. So, yeah, I think everybody's perspective, isn't it? As Billy Conley says, mate, there's no such thing as bad weather. There's only the wrong clothes.
1: That's very good. If you've got a, a question for Wayne at any point during our chat, you can text it through on five double oh nine. Um, we spoke uh, at length on the show yesterday, Wayne, as you know about uh, about sideline behaviour, abuse of officials, and and, and that sort of uh, general uh, topic. Uh, a lot of feedback from people. Um, is this something that that is is apparent in Australia as well? That uh, that certainly. I'm not even talking about elite level here, but a, but at junior sport that. Uh, some of the behaviour that you see towards officials, towards opposition players, towards other parents, is uh, perhaps a little less than than would be ideal?
0: Well, unfortunately, in all the time that I've been involved in sport, one, it's a global issue. It's not obviously just a Kiwi issue or an Australian issue. And it would be fair to say that we see it across most sports. However, where you seem to see it the the most is where the the parents or the fans are in close proximity to the playing arena. So that means typically Saturday morning football where all the parents are sort of mixed on the sideline and right down on the sideline. So there's that proximity between them and the officials or them and other parents or them and the coaches. I think it's that proximity. You know, we definitely see it in swimming. You see it in gymnastics. and But I think, Tony, that, that that little bit of distance, it's not quite so obvious whereas. Uh, the football codes and netball, to a degree, certainly club netball, junior netball, where everyone's down around the field. Yeah, we see it unfortunately around the world, and it's always ugly.
1: Now, you had a, a, a fairly personal experience here that happened what just a, a short time ago. Your sixteen-year-old son is a is a local football, in other words, soccer referee, um, and he had uh, he had to say a few words to a to a couple of people.
0: Yeah, well, our, our boys, uh, we've got three boys, 16, 13, and 9, and they're all tied up with local football. We've got our football club five minutes away, which means they can walk there and walk back. And as the time has evolved, my 16-year-old's gone from being a, a kid in a little team and then uh, playing as a teenager, and now he mixes playing with the under-18s with making some extra cash as a referee. And he coach, he, he referees sometimes, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, up to 14-year-olds. And he came home the other day and he said, hey, Dad, I had to have a go at a coach this morning. And I said, tell me what happened. And he said, well, one of my touch judges, so again, my son is 16, he's the centre ref, and his touch judges are 14, and they're officiating over an eight-year-old game, a game between the under-nines. And one of the officials was alleged to have put his flag up the one way, gave a throw-in. To one team instead of the other team, and the coach goes up and abs, and i 'm talking the foulest language you can imagine went up and absolutely ripped shreds out of this poor fourteen year old volunteer Dutch judge for giving a, <laughs> a sideline throw in to the wrong team. I mean one their little kids are probably i i I, I argue now you really don't need officials with really little kids. it should just be have a bit of fun two Arnick unacceptable abuse of an official by someone who should have known better not just a father but a coach of the opposition team and and for my son to have to step in and play the adult to an adult and say hey that's unacceptable behavior stop abusing the Dutch judges or I'll call the game off that's that's terrible because what ends up happening is my son the 14 year olds on the they go screw this, I'm not going to volunteer anymore, and all of a sudden the clubs are desperate for officials or they can't have games. There's no justification, but, I mean, it's such a minor, irrelevant thing. A throwing call for an under-9 soccer team is enough to get the coach swearing and abusing a young touch judge. But how have we allowed it to get to that stage?
1: How have we allowed it to get to that stage, Wayne? I mean, that is... Utterly mind blowing to me that. that is, is, but but even if you said, well, actually, it was a it was an offside that led to a goal, so it was like a game changing uh, event in the game. These kids are nine years old or eight and nine years old. It doesn't matter. How do we how have we let ourselves get to the point where where adults
0: act in this way? Well, mate, again, it's, it's, it's you and I. One of our favourite topics is the whole nature of competitive sport that I know I was talking to a swimming group in Ireland a few weeks ago and I just said guys one of the things that we know for example that officials can do very well is they can play a critical role in education and what I'd like to see instead of officials and coaches and parents and people involved, instead of saying, well, which kid won the breaststroke race and which kid do we need to disqualify because they had half a toenail too high in their technique or something like that, we should be saying, look, officials are ideally placed as educators and as sport developers and to create positive relationships and to provide great experiences to kids in sport. I think that the, the, it's just part of the whole system, mate, where that coach has gone and he's studied coach education where they've said, we're going to teach you how to plan. We're going to teach you how to do drills. We're going to teach you how to set up structures and systems. Very, very little. Usually an afterthought that they run a session to the sports run a session saying it's about respect, about kindness, about decency, about integrity, about modeling behaviors for your your young kids that show them the importance of composure and of appreciation and of respect and of, and of good values, to me that was I've I've talked to a lot of people lately about how would you redesign coach education so no, no doubt whatsoever first session would be why do you coach, what's coaching all about what's driving you to coach, second thing would be about creating great relationships positive experiences about respect and values third thing would be developmental psychology and how to allow kids and facilitate kids developing as kids into teenagers, adolescents and adults, and anything else, I either give to them in a book, put it online, or we do it on another time. But I think we've got to to focus on coaches being coached on how to inspire kids and move them away from this win-loss and physiology and exercise science because when it comes down to it, they're not the really critically important things. And then, of course, what the coach is doing is – they're looking at the game instead of seeing a bunch of little kids running around, and have a good fun with a bunch of other little kids. They're seeing every decision through the eyes of what we've taught them, through the eyes of someone who's supposed to be coaching little kids how to win games, and it, it's just completely wrong. And I, and I, I don't know how many sports are desperate for volunteers and for officials to just come in and say, "Look, we can only give you an hour of our time to help officiate," and the, then they go, "Hang on a minute, I don't want to be abused." I don't want to be called names. I don't want to be subject to terrible behaviour. I've got better things to do with my time. And all of a sudden, we've got no sports experiences available. So everyone, mate, to use a scientific term, pull your head in. Mm. It's not that serious. How should, because
1: um, often the officials, I mean, like your son, and, and often it's a parent who just steps in, and we talked a lot about this yesterday as well, to referee the game or umpire the game or whatever it might be, should they also have in their mind uh, a bit of an educational focus, a bit of an, you know, obviously you want to play within the, the broad laws of the game, but is it, is it also important to be a bit flexible, flexible rather, with the application of those rules so that the kids are actually learning some stuff while they're playing?
0: Well, I don't think so. I think the two things that I often say to to coaches and officials is nobody's perfect. Even the NRL, with multiple angles and a bunker to help them make decisions, are still getting things wrong. So how does a 14-year-old volunteer amateur official who's just there out of their goodness of their heart donating their time, how can they possibly... Be expected to get it one hundred percent right. We've got football referees allegedly being paid in the in Europe over well over one hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year, being very well paid, and they've got now their VAR, and they're not getting it one hundred percent right. Again, I think our expectations of junior game officials is way, way too high. Anyway, it's you know respect the fact that they're giving up their time so that your kids can have a wonderful experience, and we can have board at all. That, that's critically important for everybody. But mate, I, I, I totally agree. I, I think that the officials are ideally placed that I mean, I, they, mate, the example I, I use quite often with swim, when I'm talking to swimming officials is say, right, a kid and and we see quite often following the rules of the international body who's called FINA, um, that the kid, sure, they're, they're, for their feet in butterfly might be you know a centimetre too high or they're their kick and breaststroke may not be exactly symmetrical, which is what the rules of international swimming say. But, you know, I'm desperate to get eight, nine, 10 year old kids just turning up. So the, the officials have got a choice to make, Piney. When the kid gets out of the pool, they can say to them, You're disqualified under FINA Rule 16.395, your kick's illegal. They can do that. And probably they would say, Some would say they're justified in doing that. However, the official can also choose to say, hey, look, I love the way your kick's coming along. Gee, you're improving a great deal. There's a couple of little things you could probably work on, but here's a certificate for trying so hard, and here's an um, uh, article on breaststroke, or here's a picture on how you improve your breaststroke, but well done, and here's a free ice cream. It's the same thing. Mm. One way we're we're both saying we need to improve your kick in that case or whatever the skill might be, one line is, I'm going to kick you in the head because I'm going to enforce these adult rules that are designed for Olympic-level, national-level athletes. The other one says, I'm going to help you learn, I'm going to help you improve, and I'm going to create a positive experience so you come back next week. That's And that's a decision that we can say to officials, sure, administer the rules and policies, but your key role is education, Training, development, and creating positive experiences. When you're talking about little kids,
1: got a question through, which actually came through yesterday, and, and suggested that you might be a good man to ask this question too. It's about a parent who uh, who spent a lot, lot of time on the sidelines watching his son play, and um, he said that uh, he realizes that uh, you know that at times he he was you know vociferous, um, you know he was he was too passionate with his. With his comments, he yelled a bit too much, and he and he uh, to his credit recognized that and has has kind of cooled self down. But he he was asking whether you had any advice to parents who, in the heat of the moment, you know, know that sometimes they can cross a bit of a line. They can they can get a bit abusive on the sideline. You know, what would your advice be to parents like that?
0: Now have some sort of strategy. It'd be like teaching anger management or self control to anybody, point in any walk of life. Is have a strategy if you feel that. So if you feel that go jace go jace come on that's fine just go with it and always yell and support your kids of course it's that that's just part of the the wonderful joy of watching your kids play sport but if you start to feel that you know that urge to be negative or the urge to criticize a, an official particularly a volunteer junior official or to have a go at the opposition or to, to step up and start to become a little bit negative just a strategy of taking a breath counting to three and slowly letting it exhale. Or if you have to walk away from the sideline for five minutes and come back, or, um, you know, just have some strategies in place that if you start to feel that negativity or that anger or that frustration come, you know, very simply a big breath in and hold it and just go relax or relax. And just some simple techniques and stay focused on the positive aspects of watching your kids run it, which for all of us, mate, it doesn't last forever. Just Mm -hmm. that joy of watching our kids run around, kicking a footy or throwing a netball or swimming a lap, that beautiful joy of just watching your kids do something doesn't last for very long. There's no space for negativity, certainly no space for abuse or foul language.
1: Wonderful stuff. Uh, We've got a couple of tickets to give away to your event here in Wellington, which I'm very much looking forward to being a part of on Friday, July 26th. We'll give those away uh, shortly to, uh, to a deserving person. In the meantime, Wayne, you put an extra layer on there on the Gold Coast. I'll take my jersey off here in Wellington, and we'll uh, chat again next Wednesday.
0: Mate, at some stage, we may be talking about Australia and New Zealand World Cup cricket final. I'm looking forward to that very much. <laughs> Me too,
1: Wayne. Good on you, mate. Wayne Goldsmith.
0: Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.